Awesome. The main question that we're going to be asking you guys this week is, how can we be resilient believers in Jesus Christ while in a world that is hostile toward Christianity? You would have to have the blinders on to think that the world is not hostile towards Christianity. And when I say the word hostile, you might be thinking in your head, well, what does that really mean, hostile, right? Because we can go to church, we can go to our youth groups, we can come to a Christian camp, we can worship freely. There's not a whole lot of hostility that you might see. But the truth is, is that there's a different type of hostility that might be taking place. And it's the type that is not quite as direct as, say, if you're living in a country where they would outlaw you opening up God's word or, or worshiping him freely. And that type of hostility is subversive, and it's a part of our culture, and it's there. And it's not there so that we can point the finger at the world and say, look how evil the world is, because what did Jesus come to do? He came to seek and save the lost, not to condemn. But at the same time, we live in a world that's fallen, and not only fallen, but tries to get at every single thing that we desire. We recently, as we were talking about this year's theme, we did this study, uh, or we didn't do this study, but we, we read this study from Barna. Um, Barna is this like research group. They do research on Christians. And in this study, they begin to see, and they basically concluded that we are living in a digital Babylon that we are living in a world that has removed the word of God from every corner of our culture. And now, relative truth. How many of you were here for last year's theme, Truth Be Told? Last year we talked about what does it mean to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the fact that truth is not relative, but truth is absolute. And it can be known and it can be seen in the person of Jesus Christ. And this, this year, like we're talking about, we're asking how can we be resilient in a world that's hostile towards Christians? And so the way that we're gonna do it, and kind of as I was talking about with this, with this research, this Barner research study said that basically we're living in a digital Babylon, which means that we are surrounded by social media, we are never bored because we're constantly stimulated by what's on our phones. We're constantly taking in information, content, all sorts of stuff. And all that stuff is just jamming into our brains. And so we're trying to figure out how to live this life for Christ. And many people feel like it's impossible. I talked to many students last year where they understood the truth of God's word, they understood what it actually meant to live for Christ. But when they would come to me, they, they would just say, I just don't know how to live for him in today's world. I don't know how, when I come from this place where I'm learning stuff that is drastically different than the stuff that I'm learning in school. When I'm coming from a place like Hume Lake and I go back home and I'm with my friends and there's just this massive amount of temptation that just surrounds me on my phone, it's on the TV, it's all around me, it's in the music I listen to. 
And at the same time, we begin to just feel more and more anxious because we're never bored. We're constantly stimulated. We're always tickling that part of our brain. And many of us have become addicted, and that just, that just feeds the mess. It's just feeding the mess. And in this research study, one of the things that they were saying is that many students, many high school students that have started to go to youth group when they were like in high school, by the time they go and they're 18, or by the time they're in college, many of them stopped going to church altogether. And as a result, a few, a few years later, because of that, because they don't have that community and that fellowship, there's then a fallout in faith. People stop believing. Have you ever felt like you can't live for Jesus? Like you actually cannot live for the Lord down the hill? Like it's impossible? Have you ever felt tired of not really knowing what you believe? Like you, 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 you understand the gospel, you understand some of these things, but when it comes down to it and you ask yourself the, the really important questions and people start asking you, what do you believe? You can't really give them an answer because you kind of like certain things about what the Bible says, but then other things you're starting to kind of question and you're trying to figure out, man, is this really what I believe? And then over time, as you try to relate to the world, they start asking questions and you're trying to relate to them, you're trying to make, the, make sure that they know, man, Christians are cool. And then over time, you start falling into the same traps that the world falls into. What it seems like is needed in today's culture is a line to be drawn in the sand. And for us to actually ask ourselves, man, do we believe this or not? Because there's gonna be a time that is gonna come where our faith is gonna be tested. Where you're gonna go through a trial and it's gonna be really hard. And you're either going to run to this or put it away. How do we be resilient believers in today's culture? Would you guys... Open up to Daniel chapter three. Daniel chapter three. If you guys don't have a Bible right after this, please head over on to the back. We'll, we'll have a Bible for you guys. Um, and we're gonna be in Daniel all week long. So be sure to grab one of those Bibles if you do not have one. If you don't know where the book of Daniel is, the book of Daniel is kind of in the middle. Um, if you open up um, to the middle, you might open up to like a, like a, an Isaiah, and you keep flipping over to the right, and eventually you'll hit Jeremiah, and then you'll hit Daniel. I'll give you guys a second. Give me guys a thumbs up when you're there. Nobody. Give me a thumbs up when you guys are there. You guys good? Okay, awesome. Hey, book of Daniel. Why are we going through the book of Daniel after all I just said? Why? Well, because when we see the life of Daniel, we see somebody who lives as an example 
of somebody who is living in exile, who lives in a very hostile environment, a very hostile environment. How many of you guys know somebody who's just all talk, who just talks a lot, but when it comes down to actually following through, they don't really do it. LeBron James. Um, Hey, here's the thing. I actually like LeBron, and I like the Lakers, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it, you know? Um, Look, there are so many, listen, there are so many people like this, and, and as you get older, and as you get into college and different things, it, could be, it becomes so easy to be a really good talker. It is really easy to fake, um, to, to basically trick people into thinking that you're the real deal. And in fact, a lot of people will, will, will say, like in their careers, fake it till you make it. It's just how it is. People will just act like they know stuff, and then people just think that you know, and then you find yourself in certain positions. But the truth is that this happens with Christians too happens with a lot of Christians. And the truth is, is that you actually don't know what somebody believes until you see their life. You don't know what someone believes until they see your life. And the easy thing is to just get really good at acting as if you've got it all together. But Daniel When we read Daniel and we're talking about living in a hostile world where all these things and temptations are coming at you, Daniel was somebody who was resilient. He wasn't somebody to back down and to cower to the culture, but he did so. When he confronted the culture, he didn't point the finger. He wasn't rude to people. What did he do? He simply went to them, and all throughout the book of Daniel, he would say, I can't do this. He would just say, I can't. I cannot do this. I cannot cross this line. Why? Because I believe in God. Because I believe in Yahweh. Daniel was part of Judah before it was captured by the Babylonians. And so we're going to talk about this tomorrow. Austin's going to come up and he's going to speak and he's going to give kind of a bitter, uh, a more in-depth rundown of the culture and the fact that, yes, Judah was taken captive captive by Babylon. And so Daniel is in the middle of this, but he's not alone. Daniel has his friends. He has Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, otherwise known as Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Those were their Hebrew names. And as they were captured by Babylon, they were forced to assimilate so much of their culture and their religion to the Babylonians and to worship their gods and to do it their way and to be educated by them. And so as a result, Daniel's living in this culture dangerously living for Yahweh, for his God, while he's being threatened, while his friends are being threatened, and he stays the course Let's read Daniel. Guys, flip over to Daniel chapter 3. I know you guys are already there. I'm just saying it. Daniel chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. Here's what it says. Nebuchadnezzar answered them, answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, 
lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God that will deliver you out of my hands, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. I love this part. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. I love that. That last part, when they say, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this manner. What are they saying in that moment? What are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying? They're saying, we can't. We don't have the option to. Many of us in our lives, when we look at stuff like this and when we read the Bible or we study God's word and we're confronted with the reality of our sin and we're tempted, we see sin as an option. We're like, we're like having to contemplate, oh, do I do this or do I do this? Can we learn this week from Daniel and the three of these guys not to do that? to have the decision made beforehand and to say, I don't have the option to do that. I follow Jesus. I can't. I love that. I love that these guys said that. There are three things. I'll kind of end with this. There are three things that I want you to observe in Daniel, though. Daniel's character. And you'll see it in our film. You'll see it, this, this stage right here, what happened tonight as the, with the opener. The Omnians, the Omnians represents Judah, right? The Omnians are attacked by who? The Trashers. The Trashers come and overtake the Omnians. That's Babylon. And then the three main characters, Sherman, Darlene, and Judith. Darlene represents Daniel. Darlene is the main character of this film. And you saw her right up here in the front. And then there's Sherman. Sherman represents Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and is a steadfast man, as the guy at the beginning was saying. And then there's Judith, who represents the rest of the nation of Israel. And she's always consistently trying to go her own way. She always chooses her own ideas and concepts and her own way of doing things, her own will, over the king's will, King Magnus. And because of it, they get shipwrecked. They're attacked, and they're overtaken by the trashers. And then as they're living on Trasher Island, they're kind of forced to assimilate to their culture. But Darlene and Sherman steadfast, stay fast and stay the course, and they don't give in to the culture around them. And you'll see that throughout the film. We're gonna play each and every single one of those films at the beginning, uh, right after worship, before Austin comes up. And so we're super excited for that. But there are three things as we look at Daniel's life that I want you to see. The first thing is this. Daniel, he knew who his God was. There's a lot of us that worship Jesus 
that honor the Lord and that, 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 that follow the Lord and they, they follow a Jesus they know nothing about. They follow this Jesus that they've made up in their heads or they follow this God that they made up in their heads or maybe it's a composite of some things that are found in scripture and so they put it together and it's their God and it's in their mind but it's actually not the God of the Bible. It's not the God we serve. It's not the God that you might encounter this week. But Daniel knew who his God was. He knew who his God was and therefore he knew himself. Daniel wasn't looking for his identity. This is something that I think many, many students your age are struggling with trying to figure out your identity. And so you place your identity in these things that were never meant to be, never meant to have our identities placed on. And we think we're gonna find it. That's the thing. We think this thing that we're looking for and searching for in ourselves, that somehow we're gonna have an answer and we're gonna be resolved and we're gonna know this is who I am. But guys, we were created. We were created by a creator. And trying to figure out who we are, removing the creator from the equation doesn't make any sense. And because of that, we're in this world and in this mess where we're trying to find ourselves and we're looking to all these different things to fill that void. Daniel knew who he was because he knew who God was. Because he studied God's word. He studied the law. There's so many times throughout Daniel where Daniel knows, I'm not gonna do this because it will defile me. Or I'm not gonna do this because I'm not gonna cross this line, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm not gonna do that because that would, me, that would be me bowing to an idol and I can't. The second thing is this, Daniel had conviction. Daniel had conviction. Conviction is something that is so important if we're gonna be resilient believers. We cannot live in this world without conviction. And in fact, we're convinced of so many different things, right? I'm convinced that the Lakers are the best team, obviously. They're not, right? But I was convinced for a super long time that they were. We're convinced of all these different things, Tom Brady's the GOAT, LeBron, whatever. We're convinced of all these things, but when it comes to the things that actually matter, we're not convinced at all, right? When it comes to actually knowing God's word and what this Bible says, we're not convinced. We don't have conviction. But when it comes to these things, everyday things, we have all these opinions about all these silly things. And then we open God's word. And we actually read it. And there's some things that kind of surprise us. And we're like, oh, I didn't know God was like that. May we be people of conviction like Daniel was. We won't survive. We cannot last, try, we cannot persevere in trials without conviction, without convi being convinced that God is good. Psalms 34, for taste and see that the Lord is good. Are we convinced of that, that God is good? that he's greater than anything else that we could ever imagine, that all these things that the world throws at us is worth it in the end compared to knowing God and finding joy and fulfillment in him? Many of us aren't. 
think the last thing to remember, the first thing was Daniel knew who his God was, therefore he knew who he was. Second thing, Daniel had conviction. He knew what God's word said. And the last thing is Daniel knew that his home wasn't here. When we read the story of Daniel, you'll learn that he spends his entire life in exile. He never goes back home. He spends his entire life surrounded by Babylonians. And many of us don't even, can't even fathom what that's like. Constantly persecuted. Constantly having to do things in secret. Yet we see that Daniel was faithful to the end. And how can we remain, how can we expect to remain steadfast? How can we expect to be resilient believers if we don't think, or if we think that this is our home? Heaven is our home. If we believe in Jesus Christ, and we know that one day he is calling us home, we know in our hearts, we're convinced, we're convinced that heaven is our home, and we get to live out our faith, not afraid of anything that might come our way. Any trial, temptation, knowing that all of this is but a moment, and the clock is ticking. Ask any one of the older adults in here, does it go fast? And they would say yes. Time goes fast. And we are all living in exile if we believe in Jesus Christ. This week is going to be awesome, and I'm really excited for you guys. I'm excited to dive more into Daniel. I'm excited to see where that lands. But more than anything, I want you guys to ask yourself the question, how can I be a resilient believer? I'm tired of living one foot in, one foot out. The moment I go down the hill, I'm tempted and I give in. I'm tired of seeing sin and this way of living as an option. I want to get rid of that. I'm tired of not really knowing what I believe. I want you guys to answer those questions this week. There's nothing more important that we could be doing than that. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we, um, <clears throat> we understand, God, that we live in a world where it can be hard at times being a Christian. And Lord, there is um, oftentimes many temptations that are in front of us. And Lord, while we're just surrounded by so much information, so many things that are trying to get our attention, our time, God, I pray that we would see you as more valuable than anything else. Lord, I pray for this week as we open up your word, as we worship, as we're having fun, as we're doing recreation. God, I pray that these students would see that maybe the reason they head down the hill and they can't live for you is because their life should look a little bit more like it does at camp. In your word. Worshiping you. Spending time with you. 
And God, I just pray, I pray for, for Austin as he comes up and he gives the messages. I'm so excited to, to learn from you and hear from you this week. And God, I'm just excited for these students. I pray for those that don't know you. I pray that they would come to know you. That they would give you and surrender their heart. And that as a result, they would live transformed lives. Convinced of your goodness, convinced of the gospel of Jesus Christ, convinced that this is not their home, that they now can call heaven their home. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.